Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Rugby League Talks. I'm Kiggs. I'm Jacob. And, and we, had a we big love day. our footy. We love our footy. <laughs> I had a very big day today. Um, enormous. Enormous. Uh, my team won in the semis and we're going to the grand final next week. Yeah. Um, How good. Fun fact, we actually play at Queensland Country Bank Stadium prior to the Cowboys. Ooh. Yeah, so... That's not bad at all. We play our game, and then the Cowboys play. Tell us tell us what the turf's like, I reckon. Yeah, it will be... So, I've never been on the turf, but when I'm doing my stuff on there, I reckon it'll be dry. I'll say that. Because mm. if you see how the stadium is built, it's very open, so I expect a lot yeah. of sun and just being dried. And it's also far north Queensland, so what do you expect? Yeah. Well, but, I think because do they still have the full time field time there where they let people run on the field afterwards, or no, do they I only do that? So. No, that's rough. I used to love that at one three hundred small stadium. I, I think I bought a pair of Hyper Venoms just so I could run around the field with my footy. <laughs> no, I think they only did that because you would class thirteen hundred as a suburban ground. Yeah, kind of like a light um, Yeah, it's less high tech. Yeah. It's it's a very simple footy field. And they, that always do it. It was so awesome. I, don't know, I, I always used to try and bang conversions. I thought I was JT. I had the super T, <laughs> the hypervenoms and everything. I don't know how um, many people are able to get into the new stadium, but if you let that many... I know it's big, so if you let that many people on the, on the ground, there'll be no room yeah. to move. Yeah, well, I think it's actually... It's somewhat similar sized to the uh, old stadium. It's only about five to 10,000 people difference. Yeah, right. Because it's around 30,000 capacity, I think, or as one to 300 smiles used to be around 25,000. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I, I definitely know they had to bring scaffolding in for State of Origin last year, which was really sketchy. You, you probably you had to walk had more... under the scaffolding to get to some of your seats. Well, I dare say that the scaffolding probably had a bit more structure than Queensland's defence did that night. So... <laughs> As, as unfortunate as it was, no one's following their centres. Line speed's just not there. That no, was, but that was that a sad night, year. man. We lost yeah, that's last year. year. We won this year. We're the winners. Counts. So, all right, but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, first game, we had Broncos versus Roosters. Paul Momorowski, he got one back on Stags. He did. He did. He did. So, like ragdoll this time. Obviously, he... He won the first time they matched up, mm. but it was also probably Stag's best game of the year. Now, for some reason, the media always hypes up any game Stag's has against a center. I I don't get it. Like, for example, Valentine Holmes has won... What has he won? Two cow, three Cowboys games and, and one Origin game, including the preseason trials against Katoni Stag's. Um, but they keep hype. They were hyping it up in Origin, as in Ken Valentine Holmes handle Katoni Stags, as if he hadn't already beaten him twice in a year. So that's yeah. that's just my gripe with um, media coverage on Katoni Stags. So this was a really Momorowski. He was pretty decent in terms of his defensive reads. I thought he kind yeah. of did his job. He didn't do anything too flashy in attack. For example, we'll go through the run meters of the back line. For Roosters now, we obviously know how 
OP their backline is, right? We've spoken about it before. We've oh. spoken about it with having some origin players. So Tedesco, 264 run meters. Tupo, 173. Manu, 162. Zawali, 137. And Momorowski had about half of Zawali's at 73. Okay. So, That's not too bad. Which is, yeah, it's actually pretty respectable for a center. Uh, but yeah, it was just, it was good to see him just kind of play a solid game, especially considering that Stags basically just ran through him every time when they last matched up. We also got to see Momorowski get the try on Stags Edge. Yeah. Which that's, that was probably a lot of fun for Momo to get that one up in. And of course they won the game. They, they did in fact win the game. I want to say my star performer. Yeah, I thought it'd be closer too because we know that the Broncos are a high quality side, but I think we're learning just how much Carrigan binds them together. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's a and, lot of ill discipline within the middle there. Yeah, the Broncos. I'd also like to note that Luke Keary was an absolutely stellar performer this game. Moving once back again, to six was amazing. It was, but even at seven, I thought he he didn't play to his. Oh, he did play to his strengths a lot, but it was just a weird kind of combination because mm. you can tell that he's a six. But it it's just fantastic, Luke Carey. I'll say it and I'll say it again. I think he's one of the most underrated, if not the best, sixes in the comp because yeah. his decision making, his the way he digs into the line. You know, he's got that running threat. He's got some wheels, so you. You've got to pay attention. You've got to keep the defensive line honest about him. And it just does such a fantastic job, especially when you see the man that's running those jockey lines behind him, James Tedesco. Like, that's pretty much I could just go on for days about how good Luke Keery is. Um, But unfortunately, because he chose to select, because he chose to represent New South Wales instead of Queensland, I actually think Luke Keery is the worst 5'8 in the NRL. (laughs) Wait, hang on. I did. What do you mean? Is he eligible to play for Queensland? Yep. Explain. Fun fact: If you go and play rugby league live four, his default eligibility is for Queensland. Huh? Huh? What? Yes, he. Confusion. What? Yeah. Or he was born in Ipswich. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, he played his junior rugby league for Ipswich Brothers, and he moved to Sydney when he turned ten. Oh. Now, I don't know about you, but what? if I moved to New South Wales when I turned 10, I'd probably still call myself a Queenslander. But I, I don't know, too. maybe. However, I also have a family. Yeah, he supported the Broncos growing up. His idol was Alan Langer. <laughs> I mean, I can't talk. <laughs> I'm a Queen. Like, I was born in Queensland, but I go for Canberra and my idol. Yeah, that's... Also, um... No one on here is going to be called a weak gutted dog, I assure you. <laughs> There'll be many more jokes about that comment later. Oh, sure. it's, it's too good. It's just free jokes. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I actually have a brother who was born in Queensland, but he is a full-on Blues supporter. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that, that, I think we might have to call someone a weak gutted dog. <laughs> uh, no. No. No, we won't. We won't do your brother like that. He he suffered enough, all right? But Ben Hunt tried <laughs> to get out of him. Go, Dozer. Go, Dozer. <laughs> that was an all-time moment. Um, 
But also, speaking of spine players, now I there's a lot of people who do not consider the thirteen as a spine position. However, I do because really you ha- the thirteen now has evolved to a ball player, um, yeah, or playmaker as some others like to call it, and that right here is Victor Adley. Now, his um his ability to flow through the middle and get fast play of the balls is really good. Um, he also set up a try. Uh, I think it was the Mamoroski try. Uh, it was in the first 20 minutes. But the way he just is able to straighten up the, the defensive line and just get quick play of the balls is the best thing for Tedesco and the best thing for Kiri because it allows them to open up their running game. And that's what you want. You know, Kiri... When he first started playing this season, one, he was coming back from an ACL injury, and two, he was playing a different style of footy, and that being a structured style. Uh, but I think now, we're moving into it, the Roosters don't have to be a structured team. They can just play backyard footy and win. It's the same thing that happened last year. 100% and I agree. I think we see this with Sam Walker. Now, I'm not usually someone who has hyped up Sam Walker a lot, but you you can't really deny his ability to kind of read the defensive line, take a look at where the fullback is and put in that skillful kick or he does like to throw that cutout, but I think he's starting to evolve other areas of his game now. Mm. And obviously that's to be expected because, you know, a lot of people will bag Sam Walker as only having a cutout, but at the end of the day, he's what? He's 19, 20. So he's pretty much our age and he's yeah. playing in the NRL which is pretty, you know, he's, he's not going to be the complete product. He's shown a lot either way. And, it, and it's another instance of how big the talent pool is within Queensland. You know, you have yeah. Nanai, Cobo, and Walker, straight up three people off the top of my head who are only 19, 20-year-old, and they're playing in the NRL, and they are people who are an important player within their team. Yeah, well, especially Nanai. You know, I, I can't imagine where the Cowboys would be this year without Nanai. But not for the reasons people think. You know, it's not just his kick contest. It's not mm. just his try-scoring ability. But there's so many small things Nanai is absolutely amazing at in the area of defensive pressure. Yeah, and the way that he... And yeah, exactly. He, uh, Burton at one instance. Yep. Reynolds, Moses, just all the top playmakers in the league, minus maybe Cleary. He... He's played a pivotal role in that line speed, getting there, pressuring the playmaker, and forcing them to rush a decision. And in the cases of guys like Adam Reynolds, we see that it frustrates them, it throws them off their game, and mm. that they're, they're not really able to play at the level we know them for. Because, you know, no one's denying Adam Reynolds. He's one of the best sevens in the league. And it's not because Adam Reynolds is a bad player, you know. It's because Jeremiah Nanai is legitimately an elite defensive pressure weapon so and, on that topic and oh, vi- yeah in this game they actually really used angus Crichton in a different way this game as they pressured Renault with Crichton. you know usually they don't like going short to Crichton. i've seen they'd more like to expand mm. it and get tedesco to like make the uh four man and the third man frantic a little bit and try and make that yeah. tackle but this time they just short ball to Angus Crichton on Renault and he got a try from it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that's 
when you're taking advantage of that size matchup, you know, in your second row and your half, like this is something we'll talk about later, the importance of your second row is running good lines because there's a certain team that was a bit peculiar with their second row line running. Oh, um, yep. <laughs> yep, one one based in Newcastle. So, oh, I wonder who that could be. Huh. Yeah. But, yeah, we saw that with what they were running there. Crichton, obviously, he runs a fantastic line. I think everyone knows that. Um, it's it's one of his key strengths. He just busts right through if you get the ball to him in the right place. And when you've got guys, yeah, you've got guys like Walker, Kiri, who are fantastic ball players. I'll get it right in the chest. And now we saw that try. He just goes straight over it. It's not for any lack of effort from Reynolds. It's just size, just good game awareness. 100%. Um, speaking of second rollers and what they can do for a game and... But we'll move on to the Storm game now, I think. Yep. Uh, once again, the Bromwich brothers were really good in their 500th game together. Amazing milestone, by the way. But can 500? You... Or yeah. is it combined 500? Combined 500 together. Oh, they played okay. 500 games together. Like 250 one, 250 the other, or like something like that? Oh, uh, no, just like... Yeah, they've played 500 games in the same team together. Oh, is that like including juniors and everything? No, that's NRL. Surely not, because the most caps in the NRL is around like 400. Actually, I'll have to look into that, but I I definitely know. Yeah, it's... They play together a lot. Yeah, they've played together a lot. And, yeah. So, it was not for Loomers. Oh, was it his second game for the Storm? Uh, I think this is his second, but first at home. Okay, well, yeah, that was... So we saw Munster at fullback. Now, that is something. But you wanted to talk about second rowers. Let's get into that, because that was a massive thing this game. Um, Yeah, so you had both Ferroma and Fafita mm. for Gold Coast. Yep. Bo has really developed a lot this season. You know, he got picked for the extended squad for Game 3 of Origin. Mm-hmm. And his power and strength is what's really improved. And the way he was just able to like burst through the line was really unstorm-like. Uh, there's actually a stat they brought up in the game. On average, they've conceded more points. This is the most points they've conceded on average since 2014. So that was eight years ago. Wow. So you can see where they're struggling the most, Storm. But Kenny is... He also scored, and that was against um, Fafita and F- F- oh, Philip Sami. I can't remember who was the right centre, but... Was it Jojo Fafita? Uh, Fafita? I don't know about centre. Yeah, he's the winger. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, he was able to slide over for a try easily, and he was really pivotal because you can see that him and Munster play off each other a lot. You know, Munster is mm. his half. But this time, he was just able to loom around. The Munster was able to loom around the ruck and get those offloads and just sprint whenever he needs to be. He didn't have a restricted zone of being on the left field. He could be anywhere. And having a Munster who can just grab the ball at any time he wants, that is so dangerous. And we see that. He got, his hat, got a hat trick. But also... You know, there's that big smoke around him going to Dolphins um, 
don't know if it will happen, but if I'm Wayne Bennett and I see him playing like that at fullback, I'm chucking as much money as I can, and that's my full that's my fullback. Honestly, I I can't blame you for that, because um, obviously Munster he's he's simultaneously the best. He, he's obviously the best five eighth in the game, but that was that was a fantastic position at fullback. And when I think if if you've got your halves made, then why wouldn't you honestly? Because obviously it is the Titans. It's not exactly the most elite competition in the NRL. But it was an absolutely fantastic performance from Monster. And like you said, he lingers around the rock. He's obviously got great vision. We all know that. We've known that from watching him play for years. It's one of his strengths. But his running game, his ability to bust tackles, he gets to utilize that more when he's able to be around on both sides of the field and touch, not exactly touch the ball more, but touch the ball in certain situations. Because it's very different when you're half a spot in an overlap and you receive the ball when you're bursting through the line yeah. versus when you're trying to run between that three and four in. Yeah, and I'm... on the topic of, of Monster, this is also something that's weird. The most kicking meters for the Storm came from Harry Grant. What? Hang on. Yeah. I need to look at this. Cameron Monster kicks the ball two times the entire game. Mm-hmm. versus Hughes, who kicked it seven times. And that's fair. Grant kicked it five half. times. But Grant, yeah, Grant kicking that game. So that's another thing that we found quite interesting. Harry Grant's kicking game. And just how that's developed. It you can... obviously is one of his skills, but it's it's fascinating when you see a guy like Monster, who's usually the team's first choice kicker, to yeah. kind of diminish their role in that, but also have such a great game. It's not as if, yeah, because seventy-three meters. Wow. Yeah, not not bad at all. So if John's going to halfback this game, you can expect him to do more. Will Munster take over? You reckon? Um, I think Munster will go back to doing a lot of kicking because I've got many back at fullback. Yeah. Because it'll mean that breathe a big sigh of relief after that. Hmm. But well, I... 252 run metres for Munster. That is insane. It was. And on the Titans, we... So, Toby Sexton, uh, yeah. not playing. Yeah, see what happens when you don't have Sexton? No, it was just... It was just I mean, sad. it is against it's... Storm, but still. He could yeah, have it was... helped in some effort areas. I think, yeah, it's... Obviously, the Titans, they still have their same problems... You know, it's just line speed, that edge defense communication. But it's, I, I want to say, I think Tanner Boyd did an all right job. He did get I a think Tanner Boyd. He replaced Sexton in that regard. That's, yeah, that's the only important stat in rugby league is forcing a dropout. 100%. So, we, yeah, I thought he played all right. He's generally one of those really vocal communicators, I think. I haven't seen him play live, but generally on TV, he does tend to be that person. Yeah, you can see it through his body language as well. He doesn't really sit back. He likes to take the game into his own hands. And I think that's part of what Holbrook likes about him and why he might have shifted into seven. But it's also just kind of sad because you see what you do miss out with a guy like Sexton. Um, mm. Another note, during the week, an article came out from De- uh, Sexton's high school coach, who was also the high school coach of Tom Dearden because they both won 
School Boys Cup together at Palm Beach Corumban. Okay. Yeah. So, and this is what they said. So at the school, uh, Toby Sexton was actually wearing six and Dearden was wearing seven, but their roles were reversed. And this is coming from the coach himself. Uh, and Dearden got the seven just to reflect his character and his role leading the team because he captained them. Mm-hmm. And that's why Dearden got the seven. But Toby Sexton was the guy who finished off all of their sets and Dearden was more of a running half who organized his own side. Yeah, very good. So how fascinating is that? Yeah. And a further note from the coach was that the Broncos were a bit disappointed getting the Dearden signing in terms of results because they signed him, they saw him more seven and thought they were getting a halfback and not a five-eighth, which Dearden actually is. Bruh, you serious? How fascinating is that? Ben Eichen has improved the player management at that club so much <laughs> this year. Holy I shit. I think from seeing my favourite... Now? Yeah, I think my favourite part was uh, when Darren Lockyer said that he had never seen Reese Walsh play at one stage. What? You didn't your Q Cup team, mate. Yeah, that was. Uh, I think it was Darren Lockyer. I think it was Reese Walsh, but it was it was one of the funniest things. Ever. But at the same time, my brain does it. I think it makes up a lot of Broncos stories on its own. I've been oh, absolutely yeah. convinced there was an article about Kevin Walters showing a PowerPoint to the Broncos board about why they shouldn't retain Dearden. But I've been trying to find that article for a year and have not found it. So I've pretty much just resigned to admitting that I've somehow gaslit myself into thinking that Kevin Walters did that. Broncos live rent-free in Jacob's head, just saying. They do. The, the rivalry is strong. Um, side note about the Titans. Yeah. Guess who had the second most run meters for Titans? Probably Marju. Yep, it was Marju. He was two, <laughs> yep, he was three meters off from being the best. Uh, yeah. And I say that because there's a two point difference between him and Tino. So for one more, and he would have gotten. Yeah. Also, maybe he should be in your side every week, Holbrook. Just saying. Maybe, but I think we saw the defense on one of those early mm, tries that's true. where he he wasn't really watching what was happening. And we saw Harry Grant, obviously, he's one of the smartest nines in the comp. He picked it up and just went right out to the edge. It was ridiculously easy try. But other than that, he we've seen him named at 14 again this week. Obviously, there was an early switch this week. But I really wonder, is, is Mazu... What's going on? What are we What are we doing with Greg Marzu? What's he doing at fourteen? They're using that um, super league strategy, I say. Yeah, the the outside backs on the bench, but yeah, we I don't know, man. Yeah, it's it's a bit weird, and obviously Tino Fasul Malawi, once again, just an absolutely massive performance. Uh, here's a stat: so the top two in the NRL. For runs over eight meters, uh, Jason Tamalolo and Tina Fasul Malawi, mm-hmm. uh, in Great terms of averaging them. What's that? Great move to prop, in my opinion. Oh yeah, oh, well as oh, sorry, I meant to say for locks in the NRL, as in people categorised as a lock. Oh okay. But obviously, Tino's role hasn't changed much. But moving him to prop means that they can utilise Aaron Clark at thirteen, who also ranked pretty highly in that statistical area. 
But obviously with Aaron Clark, you have the added value of his ball playing. So I think something we'll see is that he becomes a pretty good ball playing 13 in that role. Yeah. Um, also, they announced that Freddie Lusick uh, will be joining the Titans squad as of next year. Lusick or Verils? Because I saw the Oh, sorry, Verils. Sam Verils. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. That's my one. mistake. Um, <laughs> no, Alan Booth's injury could not come at a worse time for the Titans. They were just starting to get a roll on. They had started getting a yeah. uh, flow of their attack was getting better. Yeah, well, if we're talking about the 13 as part of the spine, you know, they're really starting to click with that idea. Yeah, and, and Aaron Clark, Clark was amazing at um, yeah. 13. Yeah, I'm I'm loving him there because, you know, as a, as a hooker, his service wasn't too great. But as a 13, it means he gets to use his strengths. He can use his size. So he's still a decent tackler up the middle. So it's just, it plays to his strengths yeah. and it reduces his weaknesses. Just, I don't know. The Titans have been unlucky in some instances this year. This is one of them. Um, Aaron Booth's injury is horrific. PCL, ACL, and MCL. Now, oh. your knee should not bend like that. It um, should not. That I, was... I've never seen... Wow. Uh, was it Hayes Dunster in the preseason? That did I believe it, it was. I yeah, believe it was. Same thing. Uh, if you go back and try and find the photo of him comparing his two knees, um, one, one of his right knee looks skinny as hell, and that is... Um, his good knee. The left one is puffed up like a helium balloon. It it was a nasty sight. Yeah, you're, I, I watched a video, and it's one thing that I hate that Fox League and 9 do, is that they slow it down, and I'm like, bro, no. Did you see Jackson Hastings' tweet? Loved it. 100% agree. Fantastic. With yep. Fantastic. Basically, if you don't know and you're listening, Jackson Hastings made this tweet, the Fox about stop replaying his injury. Yeah, I'm you know he's lived him and his family that lived through it enough. They don't need to see it anymore. And yeah. he couldn't have been more spot on because obviously your Hastings, you you just got back into the NRL this year. You're putting yeah. some form together, and that's happened. So you don't want that. And obviously Fox, they, they always do this. I think it's it's worse yeah. than what Nine did during Origin when Nanai appeared to be a bit injured Then they played the Izuzu D-Max ad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <so this laughs> at, means, least, at least that game was a good meme. I, so this is a full quote. I'd love for Fox NRL to stop showing my leg getting snapped every night. It's done. The player has been suspended. No one, especially myself and my family, want to keep seeing, reliving it every time an ad an ad or show comes on, move on. Blank and fair, in my opinion. Absolutely get them. Absolutely unfair. get them. So that's there's not really much more to say about that uh, Storm and Titans game, I guess. No. Uh, yeah, no. I think we've covered everything in that bit. Yeah. Now, uh, here's the game I want to talk about. Manly and the Eels. What did I say? What did we both say? That Brown, will, Brown and Guffo will take over the team and yep. will just allow for Jake Arthur and Martin to play where they can. And I Arthur, also said I also said that Jake Arthur has it in him. So I can't remember the exact words, but I've said it I've said it everywhere on every Discord server in existence that Jake Arthur has it in him to put in a solid game, 
use his strengths, which is his passing vision. And he did that. He set up two tries for the Eels. One of them was an absolutely beautiful cutout. He just watched his player bite in and he took it. He touched the ball 43 times, which is mm. pretty impressive for a half who just steps in. And on it, he, he just had a fantastic game. You know, he took over the kicking for the team. He kicked for 444 meters. That's yeah. 12 kicks. Whereas all of the attacking kicks got done by Brown. But and it was just. I will it was say, absolutely brilliant. I will say, though, while the kicking and the kick meters were. The kick meters were good. However, where they kicked wasn't the best. You know, they were. They actually allowed uh, Saab to get involved in this game a lot off the kicks. He did. He gained a lot of meters. And, you know, Saab has been really quiet off the kick meter returns this year from what I've seen. You know, yep. we can't... I can't remember the past 24 games that uh, Saab has played. But it isn't... He hasn't been as heavily involved as he did last year. And that does show. Um, but, yeah... I think coming into this next game, they have Rabbitohs. Jake and um, Dylan will have to be very smart and very precise on where they kick this game because, you know, Charlie Mitchell, it's true. he's going to be monstrous off the kick meter returns. You know, he yeah. only played for 62, meter, 62 minutes on the... Um, yeah, well, game. he got his early mark. Yeah, but... And... Quality over quantity. This 110%. Yeah. So we'll get to that on that game. But Jason Saab, so he ran for 264 metres. He ran the ball 21 times, which that's a lot. But had four line breaks. Now Saab, he's had a very quiet year. And mm. because of that, you can see that teams, their strategies, generally one thing they'll try to do is they'll kick to... They'll... See, this is going to sound stupid because it basically sums up both of the things that can happen. But they'll either kick to a really bad returner because, you know, they want to get in the kick chase and just get it done, minimize the return, set the defensive line. Mm. Or they'll kick to the best kick or the best person who takes the hit-ups in the team. They'll mm. chase really hard and they'll get them down mm. to try and get some weak hit-ups on the next few sets or at least weaker hit-ups. Yeah. Now... I think they kind of identified Saab as a guy they wanted to contain. Mm. And that, hence why they kicked to him. They know that his speed is good. His size is good. Tuopolotu, he doesn't... I don't think he has the height of Saab or the associated weight. But no. Saab is he's very tall. He's a very large frame. But that kind of backfired a bit in some senses. That said, though, yeah, because he had the most kick return meters for them. That said, considering how good Ruben Garrick is with his kick returns and just his general running, I'm not surprised they didn't target him. Yeah. It's it's a pretty fair decision, I uh, think, because Ruben Garrick on returning kicks and taking hit-ups, you know, they're very different animals. Yeah. Going on to that, uh, I thought that Eel's defense were good in some regard. Uh, Rucker Blake, not only did he get an amazing try, he also did some good defensive reads. Uh, I'd also thought that Eels played a lot on the short side, and that was kind of to be expected because, you know, you don't have Mitchell Moses there to, like, lead the team around, but you also had um, using the advantages of Brown and Guffo 
and they mm. were able to link up and really get in there and score a lot of points. Uh, sometimes it was frantic and pressured, but they got to try in some in- instances. Um, I I think going into this game against Rabbits, they the short side will be used a lot, and I think that's where you can like target the Rabbits because they have a great forward pack. It's just isolating the players on the edges, and if you isolate Cody Walker, it's going to be pretty good for you because he does get frustrated under pressure. And you can see that because he gets really angry and he gets a little of grubbiness into the game. He does. He does get pretty fired up at some stages. Yep. And, yeah, I just think if you have um, Isaiah Papalihi isolating Walker and Arthur isolating, it will lead to a lot of frustration on that left-hand side and points will be lost because of the frustration. Yeah. Well, Arthur, he's got good vision. I think if he's one of those guys where if you give him an overlap and you give him a second to make the decision, he he generally will come away making a good one, you know, despite the errors in his game. That's one of his strengths. And I've spoken about this. I've been quite vocal about it, you know, talking about his New Thermos Cup performances. Obviously, that's a different level. But he's played half as many games as most of the people there, yet he's still top two try assists, I believe. So that's a testament to his ability and his strengths. And I think, yeah, get him in those opportunities and it should work well. As much as Eels fans seem to dislike him. Yeah. I I think he definitely silenced... Yeah, I think he definitely silenced a lot of critics. Now, we've spoken about the Rabbitohs in a bit, and that's this uh, next game to talk about. Yeah, so... Hey, the Warriors, I don't know. I think we spoke about it on the podcast last week, Those the, the spine changes and how they affected it, but they, they got affected again. Like, it affected the game even more this time as they did isolate Raid Egan and was able to put yeah. pressure on him. And defensively, he wasn't that good. Yeah, um, well, he's not used to defending in that position, isn't he? No, and it's usually that he'll have, you know, his core forwards around him. But, yeah, well, uh, this time he he didn't and he got isolated and it, they got punished for it, the Warriors. Uh, Warriors <laughs> leaked a lot of points. And you can see that after Latrell Mitchell only played 62 minutes, but yet scored two tries, two try assists, and That's... only ran for 66 metres. That, that Latrell Mitchell performance was absolutely something else. He just keeps doing it week after week. It's... And this was arguably the peak of it. He scored 24 points. In that game, that is 2.4 times as many as the Warriors, and that is 50% of his team's points just scored by himself. And uh, if I have a look at it, it will be... Yeah, he was the leading point scorer for Supercoach with 152. Yeah. And yet he only and, played 66 minutes. Yeah, and also, he only touched the ball 16 times. Sixteen times. That is ridiculous. Isaiah Tass touched the ball twenty-two times. For comparison, the fullback against him 
Reese Walsh, he touched the ball 31 times, which is a normal total for a fullback. 16 times. So Latrell, by any other statistical measure, that's it's not a very in what's by receipts he wasn't very involved, but as we spoke about with quality over quantity, because that was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, last time he tries, played Power, that was the his game back after his Hemi. And he destroyed. So Yeah. He just he just seems to, he gets the ball and he creates the maximum impact mm. for that specific opportunity. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, like we see some guys like Tedesco, um, where their, sorry, their performance, you can pretty easily link it to, you know, their run meters mm. because their work rate is really embedded in that, you know, how much they run the ball through their kick returns, their hit-ups. But Mitchell, he, like I said, you know, he, he didn't really run the ball that much mm. um, compared to other players. You know, Cass ran it 19 times, Walker ran it 17 times, Ilias ran it 13 times. Yeah, right, and Ilias had a really good game, and it looks like he's going to be playing for Greece. Yeah. Well, Trell, he ran it nine times, so... Wait, hang on. You're saying different numbers here. How many... Oh, he ran it, but he touched it 16. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, Trell Mitchell, yeah, he touched it 16 times, ran it nine times. The other times, he would have passed it. Okay, yep. Um, But nine runs, Ilias, 13 runs. When your half is running more than your fullback, yet your fullback puts in that kind of performance... I think that's just a testament to you know how much impact Latrell can have every time he touches the ball. Yeah. It's just straight up quality over quantity. He just completely he does so much with so less. Mm. Um moving forward. We spoke about it last week. Dejan Arcy has not been re signed as of yet. Uh he has been named in six, I believe. I've been Red Egan going back to hooker. Good Sean to see Johnson him. still at half, and then Walshy at um, one. If Arcy is playing six now, does that mean he gets re-signed? Because really, they should be focusing on next year, and you need that 5'8 to partner SJ. So is it going to be Arcee or is it going to be Volkman? Okay, yeah, well, considering that Volkman is going to be there next year, but Arcee hasn't been resigned, I think it's pretty obvious the direction they're going in. Yeah. I don't know. I. It's I'm disappointing, not, though. Yeah, I'm not an NRL coach, obviously, but... Yeah. If you're looking into it, the Warriors are currently sitting 14th. They won't be able yep. to make finals. Yep. So, shouldn't you be looking at next year and being like, huh, yeah, we needed to do this to prepare better for next year. But, again, not a coach, so not can't really comment on that, but that's what I would expect. Yeah, well, you'd think that you, you'd be looking at playing whoever they're planning on going with next year. 
you know, throw in Volkman because that way he gets some NRL experience. He gets more time to work with SJ and kind of build that combination. But I guess next year they've also got Tamari Martin coming into the fray. You know, he, he's got to play somewhere. Found Snickle Klockstad. You'd think he plays somewhere. Um, he hasn't been going too fantastic in New South Wales Cup, but he... Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's things like uh, decision-making with the ball. Okay. Other than that, things like his kick returns, they've been pretty fantastic. But okay. he's he's probably had a few Brooks moments. Yeah, I don't I don't have enough time lately to watch New South Wales Cup, unfortunately. Yeah, I... But that's, yeah, he's just had a few questionable moments, but that could just be rust, could just be lack of confidence, yeah. could just be one-off bad decisions. But and you know, that's, Ricky, that Warriors spine's very interesting. You know, Ricky made the decision of what we just spoke about, of thinking of the future, and Chinese won't be there next year, and he's gone with Savage. Understandable. Uh, Savage, yeah. a bit fragile at times. But we did. Yeah. <laughs> He's also a massive ha- Andrew Tate uh, fanboy. So yeah, we did deal. see that. That was for those who don't know. We he's reposted Andrew Tate on his story. Uh, it's it's also come to the frame that a lot of other NRL players follow him, and that's a massive discussion happening on the NRL subreddit. Um, it's yeah, it's it's not really footy related, so it's not in our jurisdiction, but. Still so we know NRL players, yeah, we know they're not Saints, but it's just disappointing when you see something like that, given yeah. that the ideals that Andrew Tate has espoused. I mean, I have a good laugh at Andrew Tate every now and then. You know, he can be a bit funny. Uh, He's a pretty intriguing individual. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's a, that, This is a discussion for another time, you know? But... Yeah, he's an interesting. He's intriguing as a surf, a circus act, and not a role model. No. Uh, I would agree. You can tell he's a TikTok personality person. Yeah, truly can. So, but anyway, falling from that onto the Raiders. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't watch this game completely. Uh, (laughs) I actually went to the Touch Grand Final. Um, so yeah, I'd rather watch Touch. Then watch the Raiders play. How's that for you? Yes. No, so, I want to talk about it here. We will talk about it, because I want to talk about it. Because I'm, I'm currently on the fence of this situation. I've had people, yeah. I've had two perspectives said to me. One, mm-hmm. Ricky shouldn't do it. 100%. Shouldn't have said it. He came from an emotional standpoint, and you can't be an emotional in a press conference. Because one, yeah. the media will yeah. take advantage of that and wreck you, which they have. Second, from why he doesn't like Jamin Salmon, I can justify it. Um, yeah, there's been a few rumours flying around. One that I heard, and if it's true, I would hold a grudge to, because yeah. I'm in a similar... Yeah. I... I don't like when people do this, and that's when you make fun of a person with a disability. And if he did make fun of Ricky's daughter, who is autistic and Down syndrome, I would too would be pissed because you got to protect yeah. your family. However, that is also eleven years ago, and really, why is an eleven-year-old kid who doesn't know better living in your he- head rent-free? 
Yeah, I think my guy has summed it up. You know, oh. he had twelve years. The fact that Paul Kent brought brought um Gaia's daughter into the fold is also disgust disgusting. It is so disgusting. It's just I don't know a lot about that story, but if it's true from what <gasps> I've heard It's It's fine. Yeah, it's true and it as my Gaia said, it caused a lot of pain for him. So it was a lot of pain for his family. I'm... And he was in Mark Guy's own words, he was absolutely livid that Kent decided to bring that up when it had nothing to do with anything and have to, you know, bring it back to the foray again because, you know, obviously Gaia and his daughter, they've been through enough with this whole story. The second most searched yeah. thing when you search Mark Guy is Mark Guy daughter. Just saying. So if you want to know about yeah, it, and we're not going to speak about it, that's, but you can. Oh, well, it's, it, it basically sums up just how... It's just how painful the situation obviously is for Guy and the daughter. The fact that that's, you know, such a high searched thing because the average family in Australia, the, the average daughter of a professional footballer doesn't really have the name Googled that much. So basically, yeah, I, I do feel bad for my guy because of what Paul Kent has done there. And that's just, it's just incredibly poor form. And other than that, there was also a game of footy that somehow happened. Yeah. Um, which, so no Joey Tarpany, rib injury. Yep. Uh, no Nick Kotrick suspension. That's fun for us because our back Next, line hasn't been yeah. enough all, all this season. Um, Joey Tarpany, big loss because, one, he's been our best player all season. Yep. Uh, so a lot of our middle work will have to be shared now. Uh, if I look on who is replacing the... Emre Gula. Emre Gula. I like Emre. He's been solid coming off the bench. The only thing is, can he do it in longer bursts? I don't know. Now, this, I don't want to be negative, but this is the question you have to ask when you're replacing a guy like Joey Tarpany. Yeah. Um, a Panthers point of view, pretty solid. You have two you have two new halves pairing. However, you also lose James Fisher Harris, um, mm. big man in the middle. So we'll see how that goes. So you have a strong forward pack of the Storm versus um, a semi weak Panthers forward pack. I wouldn't say it is very weak. However, you do have Kick-Out returning. It has been confirmed. He will be returning. Uh, he has been hey. on the edge after the teamless uh, update came out. Missed watching him run lines. I did. I did. My super coach missed him too, but we don't speak about that. <laughs> I have no trades left. Oh, <laughs> uh, you poor soul. Because, one, I brought in Jerome Hughes last week thinking, oh yeah, he's going to go good on the run home. No, he decides to do his shoulder and doesn't play for the second half. Two, Mitch uh, Barnett rough. gets a thumb injury and has to get surgery on it. And three, Kikau does his hammy. Great times for um, what I call for my team, which is called Raiders Waterboy. <laughs> I love that. That's, um, that's, a, that's a good name. Yes. But... So- is there anything really else? Uh, Dylan Edwards steps up again. Dylan Edwards, underrated fullback. Dylan Edwards should be in the kangaroo side. Dylan Edwards, I love. How's that sound? Dylan Edwards for Dally M at this point. 
Holy shit, I would um, not better pass. Uh no, yeah. that's Teddy in the way. And, and Ben Dylan Edwards doesn't like to get Dally M points because um the NRL are cats. What? The Dallios. The Dallios. You know what? How's this sound? Season's end. We will do our own Dally M's because why not? And we'll give awards. And some will be we'll have the Gideon Award for Gideon. We'll we'll do dumb awards and have fun. And then we'll do serious awards. And the awesome award will go to Tom Dearden. Um, the meme of the year, still undecided. However, we got a dogs currently up there. That's it's going to be up there. <laughs> um, yeah. So no, I think I I walked Damon into Damon. Uh, a room today and said, "What up, you? We got a dogs." That was good. <laughs> Teacher loved it. <laughs> Did anyone get it? That's oh yeah, they got really... it. Oh, good. My best, so mate started, my best mate started laughing, but you know. That's that's a challenge for all of our listeners. <laughs> Film yourself walking into a room this week. One bloke was completely a clueless. Got a dog. Like, Why did you call... Wait, what? It was like... And then we, we had to explain it to him. And I was like, oh, that's, fu- that's funny. I love that. <laughs> it's, it's great. Um, so, And then I walked into another room. And... Same thing, surely. Uh, actually... Uh, because people know I'm a big Raiders fan. They yeah. go, uh, who are you ca- going to call a Rick Gutter dog today because you because you're Ricky Stewart's offside on Al Mike? <laughs> no one. Don't worry. That's uh, fantastic. No. I, um, no. My nickname is Ricky, for those who don't know. Um, How good. Yeah. So at footy training, I'm known as Ricky or, Ke- or Keegs. Hey. Uh, Tom Duffy so, uh, dubbed me as Sticky Ricky. Oh, hell yeah. Because I wore a Canberra hat at one training session and it stuck. That's I, fantastic. So when, when Duffy makes his NRL debut, I'm I'm sticking to it, you know? I was like, I'm going to say to my kids, that's the guy who gave Dad his nickname, all right? Oh, hell yeah. But um, How's legend Tom Duffy? I saw him today. It will happen. He's good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's good. He is good. He's really good. He's enjoying his footy. Great He's enjoying player. life. Loves his footy? Loves his footy. Loves his footy. Literally, literally asked me love how the hear. podcast is going. And I'm like, good. I'll have to get an interview sometime. It's like, I'll be keen. So, look out for I'll that, maybe. Fantastic. I'd love oh, it. Oh, that'd be awesome. And then I'll have to get Eddie Hampson on before he leaves for Newcastle. Newcastle. Uh, if you don't know, love Eddie. One of my best mates. Bloody good player. Runs a good line. He does. Um, What's the next game? I forgot. Sharks and Dragons. My brain is fried. Big day. I can... Yeah. Sharks and Dragons. Uh, I think Tarek Sims should have been sent off. I do too. I saw it. It was a good tackle. Yep. I think, yep. I think that you've got to... You've got to go for that. Guys have been sent for much worse things. Yes. And Asindin is, you know... It, it was a bad tackle. And obviously, Tracy is... He was in no good sorts after that. Um, other than that, it was pretty strong performance from Toby Rudolph in the front row. Um, Molotalo, once again, does so much heavy lifting on that edge. He takes so many runs. He took 18 runs this game and one line break, 56 post-contact metres. It, 
just a good game from him, really. Uh, Hines, his game management spot on once again. But the Dragons, this was How did the really hunt interesting. Go? How did Hunt go? Well, he, he went as Hunt does. He played a good game. He took on the line heaps, ran the ball heaps 13 times. I think Talatamon, I I don't know if it's a consequence of the positions where he's getting the ball, but he, he reminds me of Dylan Brown with his play style, but also reminds me of 2021 Dylan Brown, where he's not really taking a line on and running in those situations where it could be on. Okay. And I think that's something that he's got to take some form of look at because, you know, he touched the ball 37 times and he passed it 28 times. Uh, so obviously he did not run the ball much at all. Uh-huh. Whereas even Ben Hunt through four dummies, he obviously, as we spoke, he ran the ball a lot. He ran the ball 13 times. Usually, if not all the time, your five eighth will run the ball more often than your halfback. Yeah. So the the fact that Ben Hunt was running it more than Talatalmon is probably somewhat concerning, considering it's one of the own strengths. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um. See, that just makes me nervous for Dragons because you have a player who is playing. This is Ben Hunt. He's playing two positions there. If that's what um from basically, what yeah. Me. He's your running half, your organizing half. He's your everything. He's a, like him and Hastings are a lot in that regard. Not so much in running aspect from Hastings, because Hastings he didn't run the ball he a lot. It up. Yeah. Um. Going into the off season, you know, Dragons have just had a very big clean out of their staff, um, but yet um, Griffin is still standing. Um, that's he's unsackable. He's unsackable, apparently. <laughs> he'll go down when the whole team goes down. Um, no, he'll go down when Ben Hunt decides to leave for Dolphins. He'll just sign more Broncos to replace him. Oh fuck! Who does it? Corey Norman. Who's next for him? Who? Who else? He'll sign Jake Turpin. He'll sign Tessie New. He'll he'll sign anyone from the Broncos. He'll sign Ryan James. Hey. He w- he really will. You know what? He'll even he try will. and sign Alan Langer. You watch. <laughs> I mean, he's based- Alan Langer plays more is on the field more times than a bench forward. But here we are. He is. He's. You got to wonder if Alfie's the coach at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's not really much else to say about that game. Only thing um, it it just felt like a normal Sharks game. You know they mm. they don't really blow a team out of the water, but. They do fantastic. They had a player sinbind as well uh, late in the game, but at that point, I think they were just on top. Who was they got sinbind? I'll have to check now. Uh, but it was, yeah, I think that the shark sinbind was pretty justifiable. The Sims one, I think, should have been a center. Yeah, it was Blake Braley, and it was just before half time at the thirty eighth minute. Was that a high shot, or was it what he usually does and just be his little pest? And when I mean I think little was, pest, yeah. that means not trying to be like a a holder, Braley. I mean, as in professional foul rise. 
yeah, I, I believe it was a professional foul. Okay. Um, after rewatch it, it was actually a an absolutely hilarious one. It was, yeah. Uh, it was just. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll rewatch foul. it now for you. It was one of the funniest professional profiles I've ever seen because there was absolutely zero reason for him to doing that, be doing that so long. He just kept on going. He just stood there. He just kept on holding on to what appears to be Andrew McCulloch, and he, he just flops around on him like it's a pro wrestling match. <laughs> and it's, it's the funniest sin bin. Go and watch it. It was it was completely justified, but it was bloody entertaining. Um, so I have this opinion. It you could call it controversial. It could you could call it over exaggerated. A hyperbole, for instance. I think if a player is ruled out for a head knock after a head high, that player should not play on. And the player who... So, one. Sorry, let me clear it up. If someone forces a player to get a HIA after a head high, they too should be removed until, one, the HIA has been cleared, or two, it's been... No, no, don't go back on the field. So then it's even. Because really, it's not only... Yeah, you get a penalty, but you also lose a player for the 15 minutes or even the game sometimes. Now that may be I would agree, you would? but the problem is, what I'll sh- I'll show you what a team can do. You're running someone like just a bench forward. Mm. They run their line towards Nathan Cleary. They duck their head a little bit. Uh... They take the contacts mildly high, and then they milk it for the HIA. Yeah. And when that happens and Cleary has to go off for 15 minutes, they lose their best game manager. You lose a bench forward. That's so, a very good point. That's, yeah, that's that's just a simple thing that I thought of. It's the way that you would end up taking advantage of that. So, you know, I, I thought about this, uh, this may be Cowboys bias, because I too am a Cowboys fan. This is true. We do accept him with open arms. Oh, I love you. Um, <laughs> when Hammer got ruled out against a man in the Manly game after Morgan Harper kneed him in the head, I thought, Yikes. one, you're losing Hammer, but yet it's only a penalty and it's not 10 minutes in the bin, even though it's a knee to the head. But he should be removed because, one, it's a st- stupid um, tackle. Well, not even a tackle. It's yeah. a stupid move by Harper. And Cowboys lose a player for the rest of the game. But Manly are still at full strength and they only get a penalty which they can defend. Yeah, I thought it should have been a sin bin in that case. But um, obviously I'm biased. There's, yeah, there's multiple reasons for that. You know, uh, this Tariq Sims one is a great example of what should it's have been. It's a send-off and a half. Yeah. So, and, you know, uh, Tarek Sims' career at the Dragons is now over because of it. He will no longer play for the Dragons after this weekend. Yeah, he'll be suspended for the rest of it, and he'll be off to Melbourne next year, I believe. Pretty, pretty sad. Uh, Which, you know, uh, I like Tarek. Good player, good yeah. bloke. Met the bloke. 
Tarek's going to become the best player of all time when he gets to Melbourne. That's I reckon he will. You know, can you imagine that effect? You have him and Run, him running lines off Munster and Hughes, or depending on which side they're on. That and you have Katoa from New Zealand going to Melbourne. Can you imagine the second rows? That's going to be so much value in Super Coach next year. I'm sorry, I'm thinking so much <laughs> Super Coach wise. I'm thinking of the, the ways next year because I know I've already lost. I know the feeling. I think I traded in Cleary for Townsend. That's basically where my head's at. <laughs> for NRL fantasy, I've gone completely off the edge. Just not going to lie, I thought about it, but then it's I... a. It was well, he got his first try. So yeah, that's good. Um, moving on. Speaking of which, Cowboys versus Cowboys Bulldogs. and Bulldogs. Um, Cowboys were flat looking coming into this. For the first like, yeah. 10, 15 minutes, they were very flat. Yeah, I think they they didn't start too strong, but I think they kept the pace with the Bulldogs. It was just that there was a bit of brilliance there that really helped. The Bulldogs get things started early. Obviously, we see that. Oh, that's right. Oh, I remember. Which, something else, obviously. Adokar is, is a very special player. and But that was too easy. Yeah. You know, that's not it was. him being at a car. A normal person could do that. In yeah, well, it's, it was a bit disappointing, but I think it was needed to shake the Cowboys into it. Mm. So, And then after that, they scored again. It was Matt Burton. And yep. off the... up until the 30th, yeah, it was just it was a scrum play where yeah. he just noticed. He, he's uh, strong. Scrum play, but he... Too. Like he is strong. They he... don't add a lot. You know, his kicking game's good, but then he's also a strong 5'8". Yeah, I think he just... He took the line on in the right moment. But just an interesting little tidbit, uh, Kyle Flanagan actually had more run meters than Matt Burton. Um, such is the extent to which the Cowboys' defense was well-prepared for him. Because you know, so many people had questions about, oh, well, what are Fox and Burton going to do to the Cowboys? What are they going to do? But, you know, Josh Adokar ran for 59 metres. Mm. Wow. That's ridiculously low off yeah. 12 runs, especially because we know what he's capable of. Hammer outran him um, too. He did. And Hammer looked Matt like Burton he was with, only in, like, fourth gear. We always say this about Hammer, but I don't think it's true. I actually think Hammer just runs like that. Yeah, that's true. I think his natural running style is looking effortless. I think that's just his gait. I think that's that is how he runs, and I've come to decide that. Mm. Now, I'll have this... to look back from like twenty twenty Hammer to now, because like that's when the big hype was around for Hammer. Yeah, well, I the hype isn't around as much now, but I think he absolutely he's still the same player. Yeah. He's he played very well. I think they kicked to him to try and either nullify him or because they didn't think they were going to get fantastic hit-ups, but 131 run meters. Yeah, right. Holmes only had 96 uh, and Holmes ran the ball 12 times, Hammersoe 11 times. That's mm-hmm. a very a very quiet game by Holmes' standard, yeah. but it wasn't bad at all. He still he had three offloads, he ran the ball from dummy half three times. 
that's this is something that we're seeing a lot the utilization of dummy half runs for the Cowboys uh obviously we saw it in Dragons game but once Jason Tamalolo he takes his dummy half runs Holmes takes lots of them out of the own ends to take those hit ups and I really like it because it allows the, this is one of those really small strategic things the Cowboys do we've talked about Hiku coming around at a fullback when Drinkwater's tackled We've talked about Jason Tamalolo's ball playing, but the back line runs out of dummy half. This is just genius from Peyton because it, it means so many things. You, your forwards don't have to rush back for the hit-ups, obviously, but it means that the backs can actually run into that scattered defensive line and they can't set themselves up. I believe we've... Sorry. I believe we've spoken about this with Tamalolo and the advantages of him dummy half runs. And the same thing goes for guys like Hammer and Holmes because Hammer had two dummy half runs for 24 meters. So that's an average of 12 running meters. That's pretty solid. Uh, Holmes, three dummy half runs for 34 meters. So whenever we're seeing the backline players do it, it's basically a free 10 to 12 meters that they're getting off these dummy half runs. Yeah. Yeah, I love I, Marvin Holmes. Uh, there's talk that he'll go, he'll play for the Cook Islands this year. Don't know if that's true. Yeah. But if it is, I don't like if it. If it is. I want him and Troll to play for Kangaroos. <laughs> I think we all do. I think he's he's got to be a lock for that centre spot for Australia. He probably oh, won't be. He'll be WM centre, in my opinion. No, he should be. He flat out should be. I can't think of anybody else that should get it, but, you know, he's... Him and Marnie. He doesn't... Yeah, he's not going to rack up many Dalian points because of the way the Cowboys play. But he absolutely would if it was just brilliance because he is out now. I think he's the best center in the NRL. Um, It's between him, Olam, and Manu, in my opinion. Uh, Olam, probably a bit of weird pick for some, but you have to remember that his defensive reads, his contact, his hit-ups... Olam, he won it last year for a good reason. He is the best in the biz at the dirty work. Yeah. But He's that's... Yeah. Um, Pat Townsend got his first try. That was pretty impressive. But we talked about Nanai earlier, and we'll talk about him again. His pressure, line speed, absolutely fantastic. Burton, he was just contained so well. Whatever the plan was to contain Burton and Nanokai, it was absolutely perfect. And it worked to a complete T because, you know, we saw Adokar, obviously he touched the ball 15 times and he only came away with, what did we say, 59 run meters, which is the second least out of all the Bulldogs backs, Avrilo 58. And how are these for kick return meters? The most kick return meters for the Bulldogs, Avrilo for 25, Adokar for two. Oh, wow. And Matt Burton for six. Now, what that tells us is that the Cowboys kick chase and their kick selections, absolutely on point. And to compare that, there was literally no kick pressure on Tommy or Chad in that game. Yeah. Uh, no, they, well, Tommy doesn't really, he doesn't really kick that much. No. Drinky, if we go... Yeah, there's just times when the dogs would literally just turn their back and run back for like... Yeah. To take a hit up, and I'm like, yeah, what? As Tommy did, and he didn't kick the ball at all. Um, okay, wow. Drink water kicked it once. Holmes kicked it twice. 
Um, but Chad did all the kicking with 13. His kick selection, fantastic. Yeah. As always, it's just, you know, he doesn't hit those hard driving kicks. He doesn't hit those swirling bombs, but he just, he places it so well. He's mm. so accurate in a sense of getting the ball close to your 20, uh, close to your inside 10, getting your hard chase and just pig his head back. Yeah, I loved it. I love what I saw. And I could go on for ages because the Cowboys, they had a few issues, error, uh, errors. Mm. We saw Drinkwater. He, he had three handling errors, which Tolongi had two of them. Hiku won. Holmes won. Dearden won. Gilbert won. Nanai won. Tamalolo won. Um, Tamalolo, on the topic of him, he touched the ball 22 times and he passed the ball nine times. Now... That that's pretty fascinating. Mm. Nine passes for Tamalolo. He played a lot of first receiver as well, with Chad wrapping out the back, which makes me think that we're starting to utilize um well that spine element that we spoke about with Jason Tamalolo. Yeah. And that I love that because I think it's Peyton looking at his ball playing potential. We see we've seen him do it with Neem twice this year, where he set him up across for a try. Yep. First against the Broncos, the second one last round. And honestly, Kamalolo, he just keeps getting better. Oh, there yeah. was so much talk about him last year. Corey Parker even said the Cowboys should release Tamalolo, which I think is up there with one of the all-time worst rugby league takes ever from a former player. Images that and... preceded unfortunate events. Yeah, have you seen the Twitter account, the NRL one? Yeah, I love it. It's, I haven't it's seen so anything from Bra- shit that Brave says in a while. I'm disappointed. I've, I've actually got a Braithisms t-shirt that I wear to bed. Right, what? It's Tell fantastic. There's, yeah, they, they sell t-shirts with um, a bunch of Braith and Asta quotes on. Oh, my God. Send me that link, please. I will. I will. Um, no, but that's... So, Tamalolo keeps on getting better. He's not the same player that he was six years ago but he's developed so many more weapons. And honestly, I like I said, I think he's the best lock in the NRL that isn't named Isaiah Yo. He just he keeps on getting better, and I can't wait to see how he goes. Luciano Lelua thought he had another absolutely massive game, played 59 minutes. He got a try, a bit of a controversial try, a bit of a try that probably shouldn't have been allowed. What um, was this side? Uh, it was the double movement, but the, the double movement, which was a real, a really weird one. Mm. He kind of he lands on his arm, he rolls over because oh, of momentum, yeah. and then he extends his arm. That's speaking look, of tries, uh, the Muzz try. I literally thought that the bunker couldn't rule on forward passes. Yeah, well, they ruled it a knock on, and it was something that actually because it came off the shoulder of Holmes, but the the referee's boss, Ansley, came out and said that that should have been a try, but the Leilua one shouldn't have been a try. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty content to agree. Yeah, but Leilua, 13 runs for 144 meters. He bagged that try, which was, you know, him running. Tom Dearden spotted him, went to him. Um, what other impressive stats? Leilua had a try assist a line break assist, a line break, four tackle busts. And how's this for his play the ball? 3.02 seconds. 
Bloody hell. That's is good. And for a guy his size, this guy is like Papali'i sized. Mm. It's absolutely massive. So I <laughs> I could go on about it for ages, but the point is Luciano Le Lua has been insanely good. Oh yeah. The bench for Cowboys and were amazing. He is I it is a massive luxury that we can start with an origin caliber forward. Sorry, two origin caliber forwards, the Queensland second rowers, Tom Gilbert and Jeremiah Nanai. And we can just shift Gilbert to the middle and throw on bloody Luciano Lee Lua, oh, yeah. who is a beast. And this is before he does the whole Castle Hill preseason with Peyton. <laughs> I can't believe. the with... Castle Hill preseason. Yeah, the Castle Hill preseason, because that, that's why our boys are so Stewart. fit. Mount Stewart too? Jeez. Oh, no, I heard that up and it to Matt Stewart. That's going to be fun for you. Oh, jeez. They're going to they're gonna get fitter. They're going to get very fit. And also, it, Mount Stewart is higher, so... Yeah, that's... Oh. Fatigue is going to be a big thing, and they're going to improve on fatigue because they can withstand the fatigue. It's amazing, and that's... Wow. Okay. Well, that's Leilua. I cannot wait to see what he does uh, for the Bulldogs because my phone's going to go flat if I keep dragging this on. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah is there anything you wanted to say? Um, this is. Yeah. No. I keep forgetting this is not a one-person podcast. Especially when the Cowboys involved. Keep going. Um. Not that. Not that I can see. Yeah. The thought, the doggies had a very good. Uh, line speed and defense through mm. the Cowboys off a little bit but that's really it if that's I think they just kind of yeah well it's um, as this is once again in the sheds they got Chad doing all the interviews and as one of the players said it was as you say Chad you know you win the game early score the points late Yep. and that's it very much goes with the mantra of the Cowboys the fitness line speed and they did that, you know. We saw the drink water errors, but later in the game, we just started piling on the points. Yep. It was a close game up until we just ran away with it. And I think the Bulldogs, they had the effort, but they just didn't have the fitness. I agree. Whereas the Cowboys, they just they kept going. Yep. Um, so, other than that, it comes to the last game of the week. Do we win? Really Cliff Dog. Okay, this is the one thing I'll talk about, and then I think we don't need to talk about anything else. Clifford. He comes back. He does good. Uh, great eyes up footy. Uh, he throws great to his centre. Does a cutout pass. Yeah, sets up. Breaks sets his up arm. the throw with the kick. Yep. And he's out for the rest of the season. As soon as he gets the spot in his preferred position, that happens. Now look, I had so many Clifford the Big Red Dog memes ready for this season. But nothing can be released now because Clifford's injured. Maybe I'll release one saying Clifford the Big Red Dog's gone to the vet, but... (laughs) I mean, also, if you don't know what Clifford the Big Red Red Dog is, look it up. Just Google it. Yeah, you've got to know it. It it was a good show. It was a good book when I was younger. They made a movie uh, recently. Haven't watched it. It's but, just, yeah. Look, Clifford. I love he Clifford. Played so well. Bring him back to North Queensland. Yeah, he he played so well. 
He, you know, he took the line on. He ran for 74 meters last week and 71 this week. Mm. Um, what else did we see? He's touching the ball way more than he did when he was at 5.8. You know, when he was at 5.8, it was looking like, you know, 33, 33, 35. Yeah. Um, that's just one stretch. Uh, he's touched the ball 49, which is tied with his season best, the second the game against the Tigers, and then 44, which is second best year. So he's getting himself involved in the game. That's good. And he's obviously he's doing good things with the ball. We've spoken about this. He forced two dropouts on the weekend, so he really helped to build that pressure. Um, he had some bloody beautiful kicks, and it just he showed he showed why. You know, we speak so highly of him. Yeah. Um, that was despite, you know, he wasn't Joey Johns out there. No. But he really, he tried. He really impressed me. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He because I say he wasn't Joey Johns, not to say that he had a bad game, but just that like, we're not. Yeah. It it obviously wasn't some. Yeah, like it wasn't. Yeah. Um, like what I'm trying to say is that it wasn't some god tier performance that really sticks out to you, but it was just that there were so many mm. small fundamental things that he did well uh, yeah. with his kick selection, with his mm. where he's placing it, and I think it was a fantastic game. And it's, I just don't not play. Yeah, it's I I really I really hate if Jake Clifford became one of those NRL what ifs yeah. where he just never got those situations because the reality is that. We've seen it from him this year. There's been so much brilliance. Um, those first two games where he started off the season by beating the Roosters 20-6. to six. Then, you know, gave the Tigers a bit of a flogging, 26-4. to four. Mm-hmm. And it's just sad. He, he's done a great job. Yeah, he has. But and I don't know. We're proud I, of you, Cliffo. Yeah, we love you, Cliffo. Uh, I got nothing else to say. What about you? Um, not really. Just on the on the topic of Tigers, I think that was a game they really could have won. Yeah. Um. Oh, they were just yeah. There was a point where Stafford Toa made the rush out uh, in a jam, and that's where Clifford threw the ball to the centre, who was then able to just tap it onto the winger. That was brilliant from Clifford. Absolutely love that. It's better than throwing the cutout where you can let your winger read it, and they can kind of get in there if the ball floats too much could go forward be it straight to the centre let them get that last pass Kerry Evans style fantastic yeah. play um, there was some there was some bright spots for the Tigers I thought uh, Joe for Hangawi another game where he just had a fantastic work rate took 19 oh, runs um, Kalma Tualangi had a decent second row performance 151 metres yep. uh Jock Madden, he really took the line on this game. He yeah. ran the ball 21 times, which is a lot. I had a try assist, had a line break assist, broke a tackle. Just good game for Jock Madden, and he's really owning the team too. He touched the ball 63 times, yeah. and that's really all you can ask for for a young half, that they dig into the line, make her tackles, and try their best to own the team. So, yeah, both of you I love Madden. Really promising. Yeah. yeah. I love him too. I thought he went watching him in New South Wales Cup. He has that Sean Johnson-like ability to just hold the ball at the line. 
and it's not kind of Rush's decision. Sometimes players tend to second-guess themselves when they're doing it, but Madden always pulled it off nicely, and we can see that his skill is transferring to the first-grade level. He's slow to get in there, and, you know, it was going to be a rough patch with Hastings. Yeah, exactly. Um, You can... I can't help but feel they might have had a solid chance to win that game with Hastings. Yeah, but so too. at the same time, I think I think that the Milf dog pairing is unstoppable. Yeah, you get Milford and Clifford in the same team, and they'll they'll bring you good things. But unfortunately, we're not going to see that again, unless I don't know Clifford goes to Dolphins or something. But I could yeah. have made so many memes about that. Such a sad day. Yeah, but anywho, uh, I think tipping. this is it. Uh, we won't do tipping at the moment. Um, you know, good call. Yeah, good call. Because I don't, we're just gonna say the same thing every week. Yeah, and look, believe I, it or not, I I don't think the Warriors are gonna win this week. We just do that every week. I'm gonna showboat for uh, to Jacob. <laughs> I got. You've won tipping, haven't you? Pardon. Have you won tipping? Is that what this is? No. I got the jersey. So if you don't know, I got a signed Cowboys jersey last weekend. And I love it. It's got every single player. He's had the work experience opportunity of a lifetime and has come away with the signatures of every Cowboys player and the coach. So if he's got his hands up on camera right now, he's so smug. (laughs) <laughs> that bastard, you just want to stock him. He's no, no, um, it was, it was pretty the good. Signature on this jersey is Chad Townsend. I love it. The goat, the goat, our favorite. Our we, favorite. Oh, and just when so he jealous. His first meat pie, too. Got oh, what a game! Yeah, well, that's anywho, because of this, and because of today's great semi final win for my team, you know what? I love Jacob. Your footy? I love my footy. And with that, I love my footy. Thanks for listening, everyone.